Every morning, between 5 and 5.30 a.m., Will, our 18-month-old, decides that it is time to have Dad lift him out of his crib. Young children are a convenient alternative to an alarm clock, but it's always about an hour or so before either of us really wants to wake up, especially on a weekend. A few months ago, though, we got a bit of a surprise when I walked into his room to get him. I was startled to see him on his two feet, hands unsteadily holding onto the railing of the crib with a massive gummy smile staring at me as if to say, look what I can do now, mama. It felt like he had just started sitting up on his own and crawling and seemed as if one day something just clicked in his mind, and now he understood the ease by which he could move around the world. It wasn't long after that morning that Will started to try to pull up on everything. He pulled up on the coffee table and the couch. He pulled up on the dining room chairs, the side of his playpen, the dog. If he was sitting on the couch with us, he would conveniently use us to steady himself and stand. It was hard at first. Try and fall, try and fall. But over the next few months, he began to walk with more confidence and then to run. And now he can pick up the bouncy ball and throw it across the room to da. He realizes the potential shown by the fact that his parents can move freely. So he is that much more eager to get a move on. And because of that, he isn't satisfied with just being in one place. He is bound and determined to move on his own, to leave the safety of holding on to a steady object as if the safety were an obstacle to his ability to just exist. This is an experience I'm sure many of you are familiar with, but it illustrates a fundamental if not somewhat obvious truth. There is an enormous amount of failure, risk, and pain involved in the process of growing into who we are meant to be. The texts we are presented with on this day of Pentecost show us two ends of this spectrum in relation to the disciples. In John, we see Jesus on the last day of the festival of the booths teaching about the coming of the Spirit. Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. And it is important to understand the reason for this imagery. 
the last day of the festival of the booths, the day on which Jesus is speaking, is a celebration of Moses' miraculous act of striking a rock with his staff and finding water in the desert. Jesus plays on this image in order to draw a picture of what must have seemed a very uncertain future. A future where a sense of God's ever abiding presence was not limited to the few historical prophets. This living water will flow forth like a river from the hearts of all who believe. This is an extraordinary promise, an unbelievable one to those who would have heard his words. These words, these promises, were heard by disciples who most would consider completely and totally unfit to carry such an important message. These are not simple, ordinary fishermen. They are portrayed as cowards who were almost completely unable to understand what Christ is trying to teach them. They are regular citizens from Galilee, many of whom would either betray or deny him in the face of danger. Yet here, Jesus is proclaiming to them that out of the believer's heart would flow rivers of living water. And it's a promise kept. We read in Acts, one of the traditional Pentecost stories, the disciples gather together when suddenly a rush of violent wind comes upon them and they begin speaking in many different, unfamiliar languages. God's act of preparing them to spread the gospel to all the corners of the earth. To these followers who fail to understand his message, the promise was kept. The Spirit was sent and they were all made a part of God's great redemptive plan. This transformation is shocking, almost outrageous and unfathomable to the modern mind. We are taught to believe in success through merit through hard work. If you work hard, get an education, play nice, and act like a loyal member of the team, you are supposed to advance in life, at the office, with your friends. That Jesus' disciples could move from such profound misunderstanding and apparent lack of faith to a place where the actual spirit of God descends upon them, equipping them to make new believers is remarkable. But that's the whole point of Pentecost. It's the transformation of the disciples into bold proclaimers of the great deeds of God that defines this day the transformation 
of a group of dispirited, leaderless individuals into people who ran head first into the task of making Christ's name known throughout the world. It was a transformation that happened not because they were particularly exceptional human beings. It happened because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, which at Pentecost fell violently and forcefully upon them. Merit had absolutely nothing to do with it. This doesn't mean that there isn't a lesson that the disciples have to teach us. Pentecost is all about transforming from who they were into who they were meant to be, which is to say it is about growth, about the process of facing God's truth about who we are. I've heard it said that this day is the church's birthday. And of course, it is the church's birthday. This is the day that the church begins its mission to make Christ known throughout the world. But the church at this time was only made up of those disciples gathered together. They had no concept of what the church would look like today. They were a ragtag group of travelers huddled together in a room. The time of Pentecost was not only a birthday for the church, it was the moment when the Holy Spirit spoke to each one, when he spoke to the mission of their life, what God had placed them on the earth to do. And in that vein, the truly extraordinary thing is that they were willing to listen, to endure the fear risk and pain that is required of all of us when we grow. Pentecost is a challenge. It's not peaceful, tranquil. It comes in like a violent lion, a violent wind, a hurricane. There are images of fire, stories of people speaking different languages so loudly and confidently that outsiders think they might be filled with a new wine. How many of us want that kind of change in our lives? How many of us want to be made more uncomfortable? Pentecost is supposed to be hard even if it is simultaneously a day that we are called to be inspired. Perhaps the difficulty of changing, of living into who God calls us to be is the reason we call out for inspiration. And while I am not convinced that a violent wind is about to burst through the door and that we are all about to begin speaking in tongues, I am also not convinced that it couldn't happen either. What I do know is that today, just like 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, there are millions and millions of people crying out for salvation. 
people who are imprisoned, who are imprisoned physically, mentally, emotionally, people who suffer and are buried by the burdens of so many things that separate them from living into their identities as children of God. God calls us and the Spirit pushes us to leave the safety of our own walls and bring God's love to be the body of Christ in a world that suffers so much, a world in need.